Okay, so we know that Build is definitely in the building. Make some noise, Build! Build solve real problems. Build life. solve real problems. Build future. It just makes me feel at home. I feel loved when I come to Build. Like I'm protected, I'm guarded. This is Charles Peanut Tillman. This is Commissioner Boykin. Hi, I'm Sam Macho. I'm George McCaskey. This is U.S. Senator Dick Durbin, and you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. You are listening to Build Radio. Build Radio. Build Radio. Build Radio. Build Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Build Radio. We appreciate you being with us this February episode in celebration of Black History Month. This year, we are featuring conversations with black leaders of two different generations. First, our own Build Youth leaders and mentors in training will talk about their own motivations and choices. Second, we'll share two conversations from Build's Black Table, an annual event that brings together Chicago's most accomplished black leaders from across the city to share their stories with motivated young people. Conversations at the Black Table highlight the many ways success is possible and provides unprecedented insight into exceptional role models. But stay tuned, you might find that our youth leaders have some valuable wisdom of their own to share as well. So without further ado, let's hear from our mentors in training, participants in Build's My Brother's Keeper Leadership Program. My name is Dominique Young. My name is Shaveris Tomlinson. My name is Jeffrey Hart. My name is Chasey R. Irving. And, and I, I am, am My, my Brother's Keeper. Keeper. Why do you want to be a mentor right now in your life? Me personally, I want to be a mentor so I can help people in my community, especially younger people. I want to be a mentor so I can help the kids that's like younger than me don't have to go through the stuff that I had to go through because I ain't had nobody to look up to. It made me want to get back a little bit and show people like, oh, if you don't have no real father figure or no man figure in your life, like it's other people you can look up to rather than just following the streets and be like, oh, the man that run the corner is my mentor. What is your commitment to the change you want to see? Well, my commitment to the change I want to see in the community is... I want people to be able to look at the Austin community differently as somewhere where it's always killing. I just want it to be a place that it was before, where it wasn't looked at as somewhere where you can't go or where you can't go outside to the park and play without being shot. I want to see people have joy, more opportunities, and more places like Bill and more programs like NBK. And you're listening to Bill Radio. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Build Radio. We've got a very special segment coming up for you right now. In the studio, we have the program coordinator of a newer program called My Brother's Keeper, Jeremy Mercado, and also some Build Youth participants in the program who are going to tell you a little bit about the wonderful things that are contained therein. So, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about this program. So the MBK is the Apprentice Mentorship Program. Um, it's called My Brother's Keeper because the idea is to look out for one, one each other in a brotherhood and just to prepare young men of color specifically uh, to be pillars in their community and in the future and today. So in addition to what the program actually does, I think it's notable to say where the program comes from. Yeah, so the program comes from the Obama Foundation, um, and they have partnered with BUILD uh, to basically support and employ young men in our program and get them ready uh, as far as employment in, uh, you know, the real world and also uh, preparation for school uh, and for futures. 
Wonderful. So let's meet our, uh, our first contestant. Just kidding. Our first uh, participant on this uh, little spotlight piece. Um, so tell us your name and tell us how old you are and a little bit about yourself. My name is Chaveris. I'm 16 years old. I'm a junior and I attend Michelle Clark High School on the west side of Chicago. I was born and raised on the west side of Chicago, and I've been coming to Bill ever since I was a young kid. Yeah, so uh, Chaveris, the first question we have for you today is what does it mean to be my brother's keeper? MBK is all about taking a initiative in our community and trying to be that change that we want to see in other young men that people put that change in us yeah that's wonderful so being part of my brother's keeper is to be uh, part of this um, uh, apprentice mentorship program where we're building uh, young people like yourself to be mentors in the community so why do you want to be a mentor me personally i want to be a mentor so i could help people in my community especially younger people and to show them that you don't always got to be a product of your environment and that you can be better than the surroundings and places you come from that's real that's very real because i feel like i should help the kids around me so that they don't experience some of the things that we did coming up and just to make wine from a better place because people got a negative perspective on it so knowing that who is your mentor? My mentor will be, of course, you, because you head of our program and you taught me a lot of things in a short time we spun together. And mentors, I will also say, will be anybody at Bill because I've been here for a long time and everybody at Bill has taught me valuable life lessons and we come to create close friendships and relationships with all the adults around me. So I would say anybody at Build would be considered my mentor. Yeah, and you've been part of Build for quite some time. How many uh, how many years have you been a part of the programs here? I've been a part of Build since fifth grade, so about six or seven years. So you're one of the legends here, correct? Yeah, <laughs> I'm a pioneer. <laughs> so you've been a part of these programs and you've seen it all, but uh, my brother's keeper, specifically mentorship, having mentors, but also being um, with uh, people at Build um, and having influence uh, now amongst your peers, what does mentorship mean to you right now in your life? Mentorship right now to me means a lot because I try to always look out for the younger kids around me and show them that you don't always got to take that path that you see a lot of people taking, especially having a little brother and trying to show him that life gets so much better around when you're not doing a lot of stuff you see other people doing that you can be greater than a lot of people you see. So mentorship means a lot to me and especially keeping myself on the right track as well. Without MBK and coming to build on a consistent basis that I do, I don't know where I'd be at. I'd probably be somewhere doing something. I ain't got no business. I know um, your your younger brother, Calvin, is in the program, too. Um, real cool young guy. And I noticed that you do keep keep uh, an eye out for him. Um, more than I'd say most uh, older brothers do. Um, some people, you know, might just say, oh, you're annoying, you're this or that. But you seem to guide him and give him your words um, and really take on that position. Um and I feel like that goes into my next question, uh, and it's part of your next question, too. You definitely are a leader in your community because you're looking out for your younger brother. Um, but in what other ways would you say, uh, what, what makes you a leader in your community? What, what makes me a leader in my community is just being that 
helping hand that you could come to for anything and always being that voice for the voiceless to show that even the people who nobody really pay attention to, you always can be heard. And I'm going to speak up for what's right in my community. No, definitely. And I think uh, at, a, at a young age doing this now, uh, practicing this and putting it into your life, I definitely could see uh, where you're going with it and how you're being a leader now. And you'll be a leader for the rest of your life. So what what is your commitment to change that you want to see? My commitment to change is being that voice for people who not heard a lot and just being that voice for the voiceless to always make sure that no matter who you are, even though nobody really pay attention, that you always heard and your ideas always get out there. So I'm going to always look out for people, younger, older, rich, poor, no matter circumstance. Well put, well put. I want to ask, what do you think you've you've like learned the most when you're coming out of this program? What do you think you'll be taking with you that maybe you didn't have before? Something that I would think I'll take out of this program that I didn't have before would be like being more, you know, easy and relaxing because sometimes it is kind of like, yeah, people provoke you, but I learned from this program to just like, you don't have to invest your energy and time into a lot of negative stuff when you could be using that negative energy and turn it into something positive and do something that's better for you and your future. So I learned that you don't always have to invest your time into the negative things of life. Focus more on the positive. And that's so, so crucial and valuable, like being able to keep cool and like keep that level head and stuff because, you know, things will, whatever happens, things things pop off. But being able to stay and keep your ground could save your life you know it could keep situations from escalating more like i feel like that's hopefully i I assume one of the goals of this program in general is developing that skill set too a lot of people are very just quick to react and understandably so a lot of the times but that's that's super wonderful to hear um and yeah we're super excited to see what you got coming up in your future too Uh, you got any more questions jeremy no i do not thank you shavarius We thank Shaveris for his hard work and look forward to his continued accomplishment. Next up, we have Sean, who talks about the difficulty of being a black man in America, perseverance, brotherhood, and talking things out when faced with conflict. Hey, how y'all doing today? My name is Jeremy Mercado, and I am the program coordinator for My Brother's Keeper at Build Chicago. And I'm here today with my wonderful friend, Mr. Sean Parker himself. Sean, tell us about yourself today. (laughs) Hello, Chicago. I am Sean. I'm currently 20 years old. I go to King and King College, and I'm in part of uh, My Brother's Keeper program. Wonderful, wonderful. I've, I've had the pleasure of... Knowing you, Sean, and I would say uh, you are the gentle giants, the most caring young man I've ever met. I'm thankful to have you here talking on the mic today. Um, But yeah, let's just start. So my brother's keeper, what exactly is that? What is this program? What is it doing? This program is a program that moves moves forward. It doesn't look back. Mm. It wants to help change the world because we're in all types of cities all over America. But in Chicago, we're looking at moving forward and not moving backwards. How can we move forward? We can move forward by helping each other, leading each other, guiding each other, making sure that we're protected, having somebody to talk to, having somebody to call when we need, uh, when we have problems at home or problems in our life. Problems in our life. Yeah, definitely. So, Sean, how'd you get involved with the program? 
I got a phone call. Uh, my mentor at the time had called me and asked me about a program that was starting up, and she knew that I wanted to be a mentor. So she called and said, hey, MBK is coming to build. I think you'll be a perfect fit, and I took it and ran with it. Wow, that's wonderful. So you basically became a mentor. What were some of the, the, the challenges that you faced or um, or some of the victories that you were able to find along the way, like when you first jumped into MBK? The challenges. Uh, I think knowing people's stories and where they come from was the challenge. Uh, we all have different stories, but we all want the same thing. The victory was knowing that there are people or children or teenagers that want change and they have a goal. Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that a lot of the young men at in our programs uh, have such a bond. What do you think is that is 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 what brings everyone together or keeps everyone so tight? The love and the respect. I think that's what keep us together. And we all have different personalities. Mm-hmm. And even though it clashes, we still have a respect thing. And when there is an issue, we talk it out. We don't fight it out. We don't argue it out. We talk it out. And uh, we understand that we are different. And I think that's the important piece in NBK is understanding that they are different people. Everybody don't think like you or act like you, but we're able to sit in the room and talk about our issues and talk about the issues in Chicago and how can we change them. Wonderful. Uh, You've been able to lead, um, uh, being the lead mentor, you've been able to lead discussions, sessions, and um, be able to talk about a vast majority of different things. Um, What are some of the things that y'all talk about in these programs? Mm, Life skills. We talk about... uh, what is a brother? What is a mentor? We uh, we talked about finance, debit and credit and saving. Why is that so important? Why we need to have those? Uh, life issues, how to deal with trauma. What are the proper steps to deal with trauma? How to deal with your emotions? How not to be angry all the time? How can you control your anger? How can you control you being upset? How can I or anybody teach you to be a better mentor, be a better leader. So my next question is, what does it mean to be a young man of color in the city of Chicago? Hard. And I I, I tell myself this all the time, that I have two disadvantages. The first, first disadvantage is being black. The second dis- disadvantage is being a man. And it's very hard to be a black man in America because we always target it. No matter what we do or say, we get downplayed. So I think, but that motivates me to be more successful, be a better leader. It's just I have to remember that every time I walk into a room, I have a disadvantage. But that don't stop me. That just makes me go harder. So... Knowing all this and me knowing you for quite some time, and I think there's some bright things that are going to be in your future, not far but very near. Um, what does Sean Parker think of him, think of himself to be doing in the next 10 years for his community, for himself, 
and uh, just overall change for the communities we're coming from in Chicago. The next 10 years, I hope uh, I hope MBK has involved more, have helped uh, other teenagers more and youth more and make sure they're staying off the streets and make sure, making sure that they have a safe haven to go to, making sure that we there are more mentors. And I hope that I and others can help do that. That's wonderful. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for Chicago because we got so many great young men um, doing some great things. I appreciate your time today, Sean. Thank you. Thanks to Sean for stopping by the studio and illuminating his path and platform for us. We've got one more youth to feature, as Build also develops powerful young women leaders through its popular Building Girls to Women program. Here, Destiny tells us that she, too, has a dream. From every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty. I have a dream of cherishing life and to be as successful as I can. Negativity towards life won't be part of my plan. I dream of future life in high school. I want high school to be a memorable and fun part of my life. I believe everyone should be successful in their life. It is a true shame people are on the streets when all it took was to go to school. I dream of people actually caring for a future they could have had. As of myself, I believe if you try hard as a kid, you'll go a long way as an adult. Every time I see a homeless person, I get scared I might end up like that. Every day, I feel like days are going quickly, years and decades slipping through my fingers. I believe life is short and we all need to appreciate it. Thanks to Destiny and all of our youth leaders. You are already inspiring your peers, and you inspire us every day with your determination. Our next two conversations are from the Black Table. And while our youth are keen to learn from our professionals, each year the adult participants tell us they leave having learned a thing or two from our young leaders. We'll hear first Build Youth Jonathan interviewing Derek Brewer, an educational consultant with 35 years of experience leading seminars and workshops for thousands of educators and parents. He has worked with school districts in Racine, Kenosha, Milwaukee, and Beloit, Wisconsin, and has been featured in the Washington Post for his dramatic improvement in math test scores for Milwaukee high school students. Their conversation follows Mr. Brewer's journey through hardships, ranging from dropping out of school to homelessness, and how he learned the skills that ultimately led him to success. My name is Jonathan. I'm 16 years old, and I'm a sophomore Michelle Clark. I would like to welcome Mr. Derek Brewer. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you, Jonathan, and it's an honor to be here and to spend some time with an outstanding young person like yourself. You know, I've heard nothing but great things about you, and I'm sure your parents and your community and everybody is just so proud of you. You're a great role model and a great leader for young, young, uh, young people. So uh, I just want to commend you and salute you for all the hard work that you put in, because I know it's been a lot of work. 
you don't you don't achieve some of the things that you've done without putting in a lot of effort and staying focused. And so um, I'm really proud of you, and it's just an honor to be in your presence. Thank you, and I would just like to thank you for being a part of the Black Table. Oh, sure. So my first question for you is about aspiration. Um, what did you dream of growing up? Uh, well, you know, I, I was, I had a real vivid imagination. Um, growing up about three, four, five years old, I wanted to be a fireman, a policeman, a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor. And I thought I could do all five or six of those things, you know? And uh, so I had a lot of different goals, uh, but they were all really, I think, positive uh, goals and dreams that I had as a little kid growing up. How did it change or evolve? Well, as I got older, I realized, you know, not everybody shared the same dream for me that I had for myself. So, you know, I ended up going to school and I grew up in a real tough neighborhood on 63rd Street off Cottage Grove. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of family challenges. You know, my mom, she had uh, some mental health issues. She was uh, schizophrenic and a manic depressant. So she had a lot of mood swings and a lot of ups and downs. So that, that was a real challenge for me as a young person, always worried about her. So I was always worried about my mother and what if something happened to her. So it was hard to kind of focus on school and everything, uh, but I did well in elementary school. But by the time I got to high school, I failed every class. I never passed a class three years in high school. I was a third year freshman. And uh, it wasn't that I didn't understand the work. It was I had so many pressures on me, you know, gangs, uh, drugs, um, no money, uh, just just really tough time. And eventually at 16, after four high schools, I dropped out of high school and I became a, a homeless uh, student and eventually uh, um, I was in a foster program. All right. So what sustained you to um, achieve your goals? Well, it was my faith. Uh, my mother, she had, like, like, like I said before, she had a lot of issues, but the one thing she, she gave me, she said, I don't have any money. I don't have any education, but the one thing I'm going to give you is your name. And it's up to you what you do with your name. And if you get in with the wrong people and get in trouble, go to prison, you know, start having children when you're not married, get strung out on drugs, that's all going to reflect your name and your character. So she said, the only thing I can give you is a good name. And it's up to you to try to keep it good and keep it clean. And the second thing she gave me was a faith. She said, no matter how rough things get, no matter how bad things get, always remember you can pray. And if you pray, prayer works. And as a 
you know, as a little kid, I didn't kind of buy into all of it, but I, I, I thought, well, I'll just keep that in mind. And sure enough, uh, one day when I was uh, in the park sleeping that night and I woke up the next day, it, it dawned on me to say a prayer. Cause I said, Hey God, this is, this is a tough life. I got no food, nowhere to live. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. And what's the point in even living anymore, you know? And, and I thought about what my mother said, well, just pray when it gets like that. And so only prayer I knew was the Lord's prayer, you know, our father who art in heaven. And I said that prayer. Um, and man, I bet you maybe five days later, I was going to meet this, uh, to stay with this foster family that I had met earlier. And they took me in at 16. I went back to school. I finished with uh, honors, graduated in one year of school, high school with honors and went off to college and, and did extremely well in college. And so that was what got me through my faith and always remembering no matter how hard times get, you can always pray and don't do anything to mess up your name. Cause that was ways I could have got money. You know, my friends, they were stealing cars. They were snatching purses. They were robbing people. And I could have done some of those things and got money, but I kept thinking, man, if I get in trouble, then I got to go to court. Then I got to go, I'm going to be locked up. And then my mother's going to be upset. And then I can, I can never go to college. So I kept, I kept thinking about those kind of things, not messing up and, and keeping a faith. And like I said, I kept praying and it all worked out beautifully. It, it worked out a hundred times better than I could have imagined. All right. This is great. Can I move on to the next question? Sure. All right. So experience, what happened in your life to the point to point you down your path? Well, once I went back to high school and started having success in high school, then I really started to figure out what was going on in my life. In my life, I realized that I suffer from low self-confidence. You know, I thought I could do some things. If somebody asked me to dribble a basketball, I could do that well. But if somebody asked me to do algebra, math problems, I didn't think I could do that. So what I sort of realized when I went back to high school was that it all starts in what you think, what you believe. And if you think you can't do something, you probably won't, won't be able to do it. But if you think you can do something, it might be hard, but you'll, you're willing to keep trying at it. So I realized, um, that I had to keep my confidence high. No matter what people did to try to tear me down or tear down what I felt about myself or what I thought I could achieve, I had to believe that I could achieve it. It didn't matter what the world thought about me. What became important is what did I think about the world? And what I thought about the world was I'm as just as good as anybody in this world, and I should be able to achieve just as well as anybody else in this world. So when I went back to high school, 
the thing I kept in mind was never put myself down. Never say things to myself like, oh, that was stupid. Oh, how could you have done that? You was crazy. Never say things about negative about myself, you know, and to keep saying positive things like, hey, you can do this. You're strong. You've, you've overcome a lot. You were homeless. You was a dropout. Now look at you, you're in college. I had to keep looking at any little positive success. Whenever I got down, all I had to do was think about any little success that I have. And I'm sure you have that situation too. You start to doubt yourself sometimes. You wonder, do you have what it takes? Can you really make it? But then you look back and you say, well, hey, I learned to ride a bike. I learned to swim. I learned to throw a ball. I learned, you know, Spanish. I learned it. Hey, I, if, I, if, I, if I learn those things, I can learn anything. And so I start to build up my confidence. I start to believe that I can do great things. And no matter what anybody said, I kept believing that. And I kept having confidence. And I refused to let anybody under any circumstances make me feel like I was less than a person or that I could not achieve something. Let me ask you this. Was it a success or was it an obstacle? The obstacles or the challenges or the problems that I face all of those taught me that you can overcome anything. So we all have a story to tell about our lives. We all have suffered something. All Every human being has suffered some kind of way. But we also have had times where we felt happy and joyful. And then we've had times when we suffered and we overcome the suffering. And so that was an important lesson to learn that you might suffer some bad things for a minute but eventually you can overcome them so the challenges and the problems those things only make you stronger if you keep your faith and you keep confidence now if those problems and challenges overwhelm you and they become too much for you the then the thing i learned was you gotta get help don't be afraid to ask for help because sometimes you can have a problem and you can figure out how to fix it. You know, you may think, okay, let me try it this way or let me talk to this person. But sometimes you come across a problem, it's too big for you to handle. So you need to have a network of adults who you trust. One, two, three adults, male or female, who you have confidence in, and you trust that that person cares about your future. It has to be somebody who's always said, hey, I know you can accomplish great things. I believe in you. If somebody that has confidence in you, then you should use that person as a resource. When you become overwhelmed and you can't figure out what to do, there has to be at least one other adult that you can go to for advice and guidance. So the problems that I face taught me that, hey, stay strong, stay confident, keep praying. And when it begins, gets too much, look for some help or support.
That's great. So next, um, what were some things in your life that you're most proud of? Wow. The thing I'm most proud of is that even though I wanted to be a lawyer, a fireman, a police, a teacher, a doctor, and everything growing up as a little kid, what I end up becoming is an educator and working 35 years with young people uh, as an assistant principal, a school administrator, a director of staff development and training for teachers and principals. So I'm really proud of the fact that I ended up in education and I ended up working with young people, a lot of young people who were just like me, who lost confidence in themselves, who no longer uh, believed they could achieve at a high level, who doubted themselves, who was failing. Those are my favorite students, students who are way off track, struggling, who feel like they're about to sink and drown. That's my greatest achievement being able to reach out to those young people and offer them a lifeline and tell them that there is somebody who believes in them and then to work with them and give them the tools and the help, support, and resources. Because so many of them are overwhelmed by the problems, they don't even know where to start. So when, I'm, when I start working with young people, I would ask them what their dream or goal was and then I would ask them, what's the biggest challenge or obstacle in the way? And then I would say, okay, let's start making some plans on how we can overcome that obstacle, go around that obstacle or go through that obstacle. And then I let them know, I'm going to be here with you all the way through this. So I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of young people. Some of them have become policemen. Some of them have become doctors. Some of them have gone on to prison, but I stay in touch with them and I encourage them all that no matter where they ended up, they can always improve and do better. And all they have to do is constantly look for solutions to the obstacles that they face. Never let an obstacle beat you. You can beat it, but you got to come up with strategies. And you, you're an athlete, you understand that that the name of the game is strategy. There are other people on that field or on that corner just as good as you, but it comes down to who has the most effective strategy. Everybody can bounce a ball, throw a ball, but who has the best strategy for getting the score? And if it doesn't work one way, you try another strategy. If it doesn't work that way, you try another strategy. You know that playing video game. You know, you try to beat the game this way, and if that doesn't work, you try this way. And when you run out of ideals, you call a friend. And you say, hey, well, how did you beat this game? You know, and that's the game of life. It's the same way as it's just a giant video game. You got parents, you got community, you got friends, you got enemies, you got all that going on. And the best way to figure out how to win the game is to talk to people who have played it and won it. All right. So as my last question, um, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want? What are things you want people to remember you by or say about you? I really, I really love people. That is really 
ever since I was a little kid, I like people. I just, I'm a people person. Right. I really, I love to see people happy. I love to see people having fun. I love positive. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, uh, uh, another Chicago singer named Lou Ross had a song called Groovy People. You know, I don't like anybody that's got an attitude. You know, those kind of people I just can't use. His whole song was about groovy, just positive people. And I've always felt that, that I love being around positive people. And I want my legacy to be when people think of me and they think of my students think of me and they say, well, Mr. Brewer, wow, he was a positive person. He never had anything, he never tried to put you down. He always tried to say something to build you up and to make you believe that you can achieve anything and that you were superhuman and special. So my legacy, it should be, what I would like my legacy to be, is the people to remember me as a positive, uplifting person who tried to uplift as many people as I could. And I did it because I just love people. And I believe love is the key. Thank you so much. Mr. Brewer, I want to thank you for your time and your words of encouragement. You have been an amazing guest. And everything that you told me, I took that to heart because me and you are like really similar. Oh, okay. We really I would love to stay in touch with you and, yeah. and see how things uh, turn out for you. And I'd love for you to see me as a as a, as a resource, as part of your network, you know, uh, whenever you faced with success, I love to hear about it. Or if you face with a problem, I love to hear about it, you know? So I'm, like I told you earlier, I am so proud of you and so many young people like you who just, no matter what the obstacle or challenge, they still keep striving. And I want, and like I tell all my students, you're going to be okay, no matter what the problem is. I mean, I had serious problems as a kid. You name the abuse, it happened to me. <laughs> Any kind of abuse you want to talk about, I had it. Emotional, physical, sexual, verbal, you name it. And I'm still here, and I love life, and I love people. And no matter what happens, sometimes you think you're not going to make it. But all you got to do is keep believing in yourself. Like the old people say, say a prayer and keep the faith and do the right thing. And hey, I'm here to tell you, Jonathan, the sky is the limit for a young man like you. You can be president. You can own your own sports team. You can do it all. There's nothing really that you can't overcome. When I look at my life, 63 years and I look back over it, and if I could talk to my 16-year-old self, the first thing I would say to my 16-year-old self, homeless, dropout, I would look at him and say, hey, this is just a phase you're going through. You're gonna live and do great things. You're gonna do great things. Don't let this situation define who you are. So you might not be perfect, you may not have everything perfect, but your situation don't define you. It's what you think and how you feel that makes your character. And it's your character 
that determines the type of person that you are. And people, people for the most part, like people who have a good character. They like people they can trust. They like people that are dependable. They like people who mean well. And as long as people feel that you are real and that that's really you, they'll respond to that, you know? So always stay positive, young Jonathan, and man, the sky is the limit for you. Thank you. You've been an amazing guest here for Black Table. Thank you for your time. A huge thank you to Derek Brewer and Jonathan for sitting down at the Black Table for such a memorable conversation. We have one more for you, as the ever-charismatic Quintiera talks with Sylvia Ewing, marketer, event producer, communication strategist, and award-winning journalist. Let's listen in as they talk about where to find creative inspiration, the gift of empowering others, and following your dreams. Hello, nice to meet you. My name is Quintiera Hatley, and today's interview objective is to get to know what is shaping and influencing to help you um, build your vision of success. Thank you. Well, I'm Sylvia, and I'm happy to meet you. And what has shaped me has been um, my spirituality. It has been great role models. And I like to make a plan and then stick with it. Uh, Sometimes life throws you changes, but it's good to have a vision of what you'd like to see in the world and how you'd like to help and then you're more likely to find success. Okay, what did you dream of being growing up and and has it changed or evolved? When I was growing up, I always wanted to be a writer and a filmmaker. And in many ways, I would say that it has evolved but has never changed. I went to a special high school for vocational commercial art and learned how to tell stories uh, visually. But I find in my work now, I do videos, I tell stories for organizations, including Elevate Energy where um, I work. Uh, And in many ways I can make little small films and continue to be able to appreciate and respect what is happening in people's lives and then find a way to tell that story. Um, My job allows me to do that. I'm a director of communications, marketing and outreach and we are trusted with the stories of the people that we serve. And then I'm trusted with telling the stories of my coworkers. So in um, many ways, this is a great Uh, retirement, on my way to retirement job for me. It took a while to find the perfect place, but I think I did. Yeah. um, So before, you know, you kind of jumped into your journey to success, like what inspired you to want to reach your goals? Well, I think that reading helped me understand that there were things outside of my experience, outside of my family's experience, that there was a big world. And seeing people who looked like me or even who didn't, but who did things that I wanted to do, uh, inspired me. There's a saying, what one has done, others can follow. 
And so that those role models, those books and stories helped me to dream big. And then when I was able to travel to see the world from outside of the United States definitely helped me later in life um, as a young adult uh, dream even bigger. Okay, I like that answer. So um, I want to know what happened in your life that helped point you down your path? Was it like a life-changing success or an obstacle that you had to overcome? Like what experiences mattered to you? Thank you. We, we all have experiences and, and obstacles. And I learned early through spirituality that it's not that you never have a problem, but it's how do you deal with it when one occurs. And my grandmother, my mother, um, my stepfather, my family, they were models of um, resilience and keeping it rolling, which is one of my favorite sayings. And I think that that helped me always have a steady anchor or um, something in my mind that could tell me you can do this. And then understanding the political structure of the world, the impact of racism, sexism, a lot of isms, and seeing people who stood up to uh, power inspired me a lot. And one person who um, I never got to meet, but I worked for his freedom for uh, a long time was Nelson Mandela. And knowing that he could have been treated so poorly, um, jailed, and then still come out and understand how to lead a country and bring people together was very inspiring to me because that's where true leadership comes. And, you know, it's easy to fight and be pulled apart, but the, those who can bring us together have always been inspiring to me. And I like things where you can work with the oldest and the youngest. So um, I was a board chair of an organization called Young Chicago Authors uh, in hard years when we hardly had any money and we had to chip in to pay the rent. But the young poets were so inspiring and seeing what happened when people of all generations worked together, respecting and appreciating each other's views has shaped um, my thinking and how I approach my work to this day. Okay, so you already kind of answered my next question, but would you still say like the same people are inspiring you? Like like you said, your family and Nelson Mandela and stuff? Well, I mean, the, I, there's add-ons to that, to my answer. You know, those folks inspired me early on. My family inspires me now, but now it's not my grandmother and those older than me, it's my children. Um, it's my daughter, it's my son, it's their spouses, the great people that they married and the work that they do to make change in the world or to tell stories in the world inspires me every day. And as a, a boomer, I'm inspired by millennials and by younger people who are demanding change and want to fix some of the problems that my generation caused. 
So I find, you know, lots of inspiration outside of that. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, I, I just love that. I just love it because some people like see like what young people doing now is not inspirational. They feel like we should kind of bag down a little bit. But my next question is, what are some qualities or traits that you have that you think are helping you to reach to your version of success? Thank you. And I'm glad that you uh, appreciate the, the thoughts about young people, but curiosity, enthusiasm. I'm super, super nosy. I spent part <laughs> of my life in journalism. I want to know everything and then I want to tell it. And so my family understands that you have to tell me probably at least twice if something is a secret. Um, <laughs> that curiosity makes me meet new people. It makes me learn something every day. And the arts, having them alongside whatever work I'm doing, appreciating music, books, culture. Um, it opens my mind and helps me think a new thought. And you know that leads to solving problems, that leads to coming up with new ways of doing things. So I think that that's my inspiration now. And you know, I was very lucky. Um, uh, Quintiera, I got an award from the Illinois Humanities. Um, I got an award with my daughter. And although I feel like I've got a lot of years left, it was very exciting for us to share uh, the 2020 Illinois Humanities Award. Um, she's new in her career and I have more years behind me than ahead, but it is wonderful to be able to share something from our different perspectives. And so different perspectives and being able to see from someone else's viewpoint is also something that I value. Okay, yeah, me personally, I agree because like when you can see stuff from other people's point of view and you can kind of like point out the stuff that they missing out, like that they not seeing, it really make a difference, it do. Okay, but um, I read in your bio that you help implement strategic plans for nonprofits. I wanna know how did you develop the skills to help others succeed and did it come natural? Thank you. When I was a child, my mother, she, she did a couple of things. And our family, young people are respected. You, you weren't told young people are to be seen and not heard. We always thought young people could be seen and listened to, but you had to have something to say. So very early, I learned that I could speak up but I needed to gather my thoughts and think through what I meant to say. And being involved in um, movements for social change, um, the, the apart anti-apartheid movement, disability rights and other um, movements helped me to see how important it was to know how to think ahead, to understand 
how your actions might impact other people and seeing some success in how people put certain things together and then they changed the world and they did it with strategy. Um, but I'll tell you one of the, the things that helped me most was being a mom, being a parent and wanting to help shape how my children saw the world and thinking through, you, if you just say, do it my way or you'll get a spanking, then they're only going to do it your, your way when you're around. If you help them to understand the reason to do something, they And that was one of my first um, realizations about strategy, strategizing as a parent. Okay, yeah, I kind of, it is important to like gather your words up before you speak, especially as a child, because people just blow your words out of proportion. But um, what do you most want to achieve in your lifetime? And what are some things you hope people say about you? Well, I want to continue to help people meet their dreams. Um, I've had a lot of jobs, everything from washing sailboats to um, working for world-class theater, Steppenwolf Theater here in Chicago, to working for the government of Mozambique, uh, radio stations, TV, all of those things. And in all of them, I gained certain skills that have been useful. Telling stories is one of the most important ones, but it's given me a certain level of just common sense experience and contacts. And when I'm able to help someone meet their dreams, uh, whether it's starting a new business, whether it's um, getting a, a, a show produced, whatever it might be, I love being a door opener, not a gatekeeper. There is a lot of people in the world that I'll let you in, but not you. You're worthy, you're not worthy. And it keeps people from reaching their dreams. And so for me, if you're excellent or on your way or trying your best, I'm very interested in helping. Um, it's also part of my spiritual belief. I'm a meditation teacher. I come from the Baptist tradition. Um, I meditate, you know, every day. And so if I can know myself and live an authentic life that is useful, I'm doing all right, and if I can be happy. And the last thing, I lost my mom. Uh, I got to be 63 before she passed away, uh, a few months before this taping. And she had a favorite gospel song, Order My Steps in Your Word. You know, how can I walk through life in a worthy way? And that really means a lot to me. And if people say, she made me happy, she was kind, and she gave me a hand or listened, uh, I'm gonna be all right. 
Yeah. Okay. So like yo first kind of beginning of your reply kind of tied into my next question because I want to know like besides your work ethic, what outside sources do you believe helped you to um, make constant progress? And for example, like you were saying, like your spiritual practices, like prayers and affirmations or like brain puzzles, different things to help challenge you. Like um I am planful. I try I try to find the balance between being able to adapt to change, but knowing where I want to go. And if I know that I want to achieve something, I stick to that, although I'm open to different ways to make it happen. So being planful, making notes, setting goals, and not being shy about them, holding myself accountable to meet them, but not beating myself up if, if it's hard, um, those things have helped me. Okay, so I want to thank you for having this interview with me and contributing to the Black Table. I am so uh, pleased to be able to do it. I wish you the very best, and I hope we can stay in touch. <laughs> yes, me too. Thank you. And that is our show this month. Thanks so much to our guest speakers and all of our featured young people. For over 50 years, our organization has been building and inspiring the leaders of tomorrow. Join us on our mission to save Chicago's youth from the streets and give them the tools to believe in themselves and their own potential. Build offers transformative resources, programs, and opportunities, and your support truly does save lives. Follow us on social media at Build Chicago. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to take your support to the next level, make a donation. You can do so on our website, one time, monthly, or annually. Any amount supports our young people as they work to build positive futures. Another great way to support is through our annual art show, online this year from March 3rd through 5th. This year's theme is Purposed for This Moment, and will showcase original art created by our youth and community artists, all available for purchase to benefit Build's arts programs. Visit www.buildchicago.org for details and to see the galleries. For Build Radio, I've been Benji Wax, and I thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for next month's episode, keep your spirits up, and do some good out there. If we really want to end the violence in Chicago, we need to go beyond put the guns down. We need to change the story about what it means to grow up black or brown in Chicago. We need to make the potential of the young people the focus, not just our problems. We need to transform lives to create hope and build futures. We can't do it alone. Invest in our potential. Chicago young people are worth it. Build hope, build lives, and build futures. Woo!